0: Hello, Yes Mamas. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Yes Mama podcast. This podcast is a place for moms to come together and to get some simple advice on how to be their best self, how to feel best in your body, so that you can show up as your best self for your kid and build some really amazing, close relationships. The goal of this podcast is really to have happy, confident, successful kids and the best way I found to do that with my own kids and the way and the ones that were in my class were showing up as my best self so I was there for all the things that my kids need does that mean we're our best self every second of every day no but it's the awareness of knowing how to get back into it and the awareness of the simple things that we can do to get ourself back into alignment and happiness so that we can show up for our kids. So thank you so much for showing up to do this work together. Again, the goal is happy, healthy, confident kids. But the byproduct is a happy, healthy, confident mom. So thank you for being here on the Yes Mama podcast. I am so happy you're here. I have so much love for every one of you. Now go live on those kids. Here we go
1: okay hello welcome to the yes mama podcast we are here today with holly uh a friend and a mom of a student that i have known and loved for many years watched her grow some of my favorite pictures of snuggling with with your girl but i want to start because um here's my my greatest way of explaining you and the magic that you are in terms of who you are, (laughs) not just as a mama. Okay. So it's this past summer and you go with your family to Italy, including your brother and his kids. And you're in a beautiful villa in whatever village you are. You can tell us more about it. And you look out on the horizon and you (laughs) see a mountain over there. Just saw it. There it is. And you were like, yeah, we need to go do that. Now, not many people would be in a villa in Italy and see a random mountain and be like, I want to climb that and then figure out how to actually go and do it. So Mm -hmm. have you always had that kind of wanderlust or seen the mountain over there and been like, yes, I'm going to climb that thing. And please explain that Italy story and how that all went down.
2: (laughs) I do think that, I do think maybe my expression, you know, it's like people have like their outlet and their expression and how they sort of like, you know, express themselves and get fulfilled and all of that. I'm starting to realize that I think my expression is just going up things. Okay. (laughs) I I do. I see things like when I'm driving, like I'm looking at ridge lines, and I'm like, oh, I wonder how I can get up there. (laughs) <laughs> and then when I think about like all of my adventures, it always, yeah, it always seems to revolve around like summiting something, I love hiking, it. Biking, rock climbing, like it's all about just getting to the top of something. Just going up. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so it all go down. So literally walk us through that just to understand the thought process there. So you're in Italy
0: with your brother. Uh-huh.
1: You see that often, right? You see random said mountain across the valley or whatever. How did you put it together to figure out how to actually get there and then go up?
2: I actually did it to them all twice that trip. One time was an absolute disaster and the other time was a success. The first time we were in the little town, this little medieval town in Tuscany, and it's me, my brother, our spouses, my 25-year-old son, and then three little girls Okay. And there was, you could see an old decrepit castle, like a medieval castle at the top of this hill. And I said, let's hike up it. So we're all there in shorts and flip flops and t shirts. And we hiked up it. And it was this beautiful experience. And we get to this old castle at the top of this mountain. And then a hailstorm. With thunder and lightning kicks off like it was like biblical. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We're totally exposed. We got to get down the mountain. My little niece is like, you know, the tiniest little thing, zero body fat. I'm like, oh my God, she's going to die. It's going to be my my life. Her lips are blue. Yeah. And we, you know, it took us a minute, but we got down. And when we Uh got down, we were like all huddled outside, like we were huddled under a bus stop. And then there was a restaurant full of Italians like taking shelter from the storm and they were just pointing at us and laughing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely! Absolutely. <laughs> was there a moment after that where, like, the little nieces were like, "That was awesome"? Because I've always found when we do crazy stuff that in the moment you're like, "Oh, this is dangerous. Should not be here." There's oh, always 100%. that where everyone just cracks up, and we all survived. You know, there are some stories, memories. About. This is how we make memories because
2: the yeah the the trip you're referencing is there was a mountain way across from our villa that I could see. And so I just asked the lady that rented us the house, like, what's the name of that mountain? And then I looked it up online and sure enough, there was a trailhead and we drove to it. And I mean, the hardest part was we got up at like four or five o'clock in the morning because I wanted them off because of the previous experience. I thought maybe I should get them off the mountain before the thunder and lightning kicked in. Very good. That was a beautiful hike and a beautiful summit. And it was amazing. But the funny thing is, is like the memory we talk about the most is from that trip is is the hike that went wrong with the hailstorm.
1: Right? Absolutely. (laughs) And absolutely. And I think there's something where the kids you know, have that moment where they can kind of feel like it's out of control a little bit and you're out on this crazy adventure and you as the mom have to, no, we're going to be fine. But in your mind, you're going, Ooh, okay, let's figure out how we're going to do this. And they feel, you know, supported, like they did something hard, like, you know, there, there was bonding that happened because of that, because you all went outside your comfort zone and did something hard and different and crazy. There's a lot of those
2: moments, for sure. There's a lot of those moments. I remember when my boys were little and I was outnumbered, right? There was two of them and they were out of their minds. And a lot of times it was just pure risk assessment when, you know, we'd be in these situations and you have to do a risk assessment of like, what is the worst possible outcome here? And sometimes it's literally like, are they going to die? nah they're fine (laughs) carry on carry on
1: Right? And like you said, again, sometimes it can go horribly wrong. We can break a leg and we know where the hospital is. And, you know, sometimes you just kind of push through it. So I, I just do have to do that disclaimer that it doesn't always go perfectly right. And we laugh about it now because it did go okay. But yeah, sometimes you got to break out of that comfort zone and do something a little bit harder and, and just see what happens. I remember in Nepal, we got on a a helicopter that we had no plans of getting on. It was super windy. We were supposed to take a plane down so the planes couldn't go because they fly by sight, not even using any of their equipment. And um, so it was too windy or foggy or something for the planes to go. And our, our head guide person, this amazing man, Nima, uh, was like, we will take the helicopter. And I was so out of my element i had no idea and i just had to like get in and just breathe and trust that we would get down okay and i was like i guess we're taking and being the mom in that situation and being like i have to stay calm yeah we're gonna be fine and we were and again it's a story remember that time we just hopped on a random helicopter in nepal and made it back to Kathmandu? is just yeah sometimes you just gotta like take a deep breath and Let's see what happens. I know. Nuts. Nuts us. Okay, so you want to go to the harder one. I know I'm harping on this Italy trip, but I just love the fact that you were like, that one. We're going there. Did everybody go on the bigger adventure one, or did some of the smaller ones stay behind? Who all went on that on that trip?
2: It was me and all my boys. So my husband, my brother, and my oldest son. Okay. And who stayed um, with the girls? So my sister-in-law wisely was like no thank you, you know. Okay. <laughs> you okay. got you yeah. got me drenched yesterday. I'm all set. Uh <laughs> um, no, should... she stayed back with the girls and then yeah, we drove off, you know, towards a mountain and yeah, made our way up it and summited and then, you know, made our way down and then, you know, because it's Europe, like right at the trailhead was, you know, an ancient woman cooking up, you know, the most beautiful pies and espresso. And it was the perfect morning. And what I love the most about doing things like that is by the time, you know, we heroically come home to the villa and the girls with like the pastries and the whole bit, it's like, it's nine o'clock in the morning and you've already
1: summited a mountain. Oh my gosh, you were back home at nine in the morning. I think so. Yeah. I think, well, maybe amazing. a little later. Yeah, do you still. have any mom guilt about leaving your daughter behind and being like, Hey, see you later. Mom's going to go do something amazing right now and good luck with whatever you got going on. I'll see you later. Do you ever have that, that mom guilt of doing that? No, good no, for you. I don't. I really
2: don't. I don't cause I feel like she's seeing me in my expression Yeah. Right. So that's me being authentic. And then I always feel like um, I had this thought recently because I'm reading this book. And it's a novel, but it's like it's a it's a novelist that's talking about his childhood. Okay, but it's essentially about his mother. Right. And then, you know, so many books you read, like, you know, the mother becomes this key feature in like a childhood. Right. And then it got me thinking, like, if your child was writing a book about their childhood, like, what would they write about you? You know, like, don't you want to be an interesting person that like does things out? Like, like you want to be a person outside of being a mother, right?
1: Well, I mean, start with the beginning of that sentence. You want to be a person. You want to be, like, let's just start there. And you were a person before you became a mother, right? And you have all these interests. And I think there's also two sides to that where, one, you want them to see how cool and amazing you are and, like, all the things that you like to do and how you do pursue them and stay being you, but also the other side, you want to give them permission to be as cool and as weird as they wanna be, mm-hmm. right? And so by, by doing what lights you up, you're giving them permission to then follow whatever things they wanna do, right? I think that's a big one of it.
2: Yeah, and to see you try hard things and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. I think it's great if they see you fail. Yes. Um, you know, cause it gives them permission to fail. Exactly. So, yeah, I think those are all good lessons and I also think like it probably has to help with, you know, emptiness syndrome, right? Oh like my if you God. have your own expression and your own interests outside of being a mom, then it's just like you said, you were a person before they came along, you'll be a person after they leave the nest. Right, right? So do you give up being a person for that, you know, 18 20 years in the middle?
1: Well, a lot of us do. And a lot of us think that our, well, needs, you know, but our whatever makes us us comes last, right? First, you got to make sure they're happy, healthy and fed. And then you need to make sure that they get to all their interests and activities. And then you make sure that the family unit is doing all their stuff. And then yours comes last. And it really needs and that's one of the whole things of this podcast is making sure that you are on the list, right? I mean, yes, yes, being healthy fed and to school, that probably is, you know, number one, paying your bills. I don't know, whatever the the list actually is, but make sure you're on it and you, you can't be last. And I found that I had to re, I mean, I was one of the ones that got lost in parenthood, hundred percent. I love my kids way too much. They will tell you that too. And I needed to kind of readjust and not start over, but find my way back to remembering that, you know, your own identity, I guess is the way to say it. And like you said, you were a person before you're going to be person out. Who, who are you? Right. Mm -hmm. If I'm not a mom with kids at home anymore, who am I? And so that identity doesn't have to get lost in the middle. Like mom doesn't have to be your only identity.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then It's, yeah, it's like, how do you, I mean, for me, how do you make beautiful memories with your kids that are, like, enjoyable for you as well, right? Yes. Like, I mean, sure, sometimes I'm sitting on the side of a soccer pitch, you know, watching Sienna do her thing, and that's great, but it's like, would I rather be doing something else? Probably. (laughs) Probably. Exactly. you know so it's like there's this whole notion of like having them building memories and having fun but having them meet you where you are right because like even raising her now she was born in 2012 the boys were born in the late 90s like it, it feels a little different to me because mm-hmm. um, it's sort of half a generation later so it's like you and I are gen x right where it's like Your parents, you know, they were consumed in their own lives and you know, you were really kind of a burden. You know what I mean? Like we were all latchkey kids. Everyone was a little little afraid of their dad, if not a lot afraid of their dad. Like a lot. You were cautious to ask for things. Like you were really I'm also
1: the little child, so I got all of that, but go on. (laughs) Yeah, they sort of
2: always made you feel like, you know, they were doing you a favor, right? Right. Like that was just our generation. We just sort of fended for ourselves a whole lot more. And then I feel like we swung all the way the other direction. Right. With like like my boys were probably on the late end of like, you know, millennials, Gen Y, where it's like we just catered to our kids. Like we just worshipped them and serviced them. And that was that whole generation of like everyone that's on the team gets a medal just for showing up, right? right. Up is, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I feel like it's sort of swinging back somewhere in the middle, right? Which is, you know, have your kids meet you where you are, right? Like I want to be, you know, camping and exploring and hiking and doing all of these sort of outdoor adventures. And then, you know... I make Sienna tag along and do them with me. And, you know, some of it she loves, some of it she doesn't like so much, but, you know, we're building memories where I'm being my authentic self. And I think she'll remember and love all of it. Like, I think she'll look back on all of it fondly.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And what do you do? How do you manage a Saturday morning where you're like, hey, let's go, and she is not about it how do you how do you gently nudge her in the adventure direction i don't know i mean
2: i think like i'm all about the micro adventure right mm-hmm. so it's like i mean i work full time i've always worked full time um so you know the Like your beautiful stories about Nepal and, you know, pulling the kids out of school and homeschooling and all of these things, like that would be amazing. For me, it's not a reality, right? So it's like those sort of big giant fantasy adventures are probably out of my reach, right? So it's all about building in these little micro adventures. So it's like on a daily basis, you know, we'll go. I'll nudge her into doing things in the evening, you know, maybe if it's the summer, we'll go to the beach after school and boogie board or, you know, this time of year, I'll probably take her to the climbing gym, you know, Mm -hmm. these are all things that are sort of like built in. And then on the weekends, you know, if I don't have like a little mini trip planned, because we're major weekend warriors, then, you know, we'll present her with a choice. You know, you want to go surfing, you want to go mountain biking, or you want to go climbing.
1: Oh, I love that. That's the classic toddler. Like any one of these you choose will be okay, but you have to choose one of the options that I have laid out for you. So yeah, that's
2: one, right? So it's like she has some control, but you know, the reality is we're doing one of them.
1: Exactly. And, and it's normal for your family. Like she knows that there's going to be some kind of mini adventure this weekend. And either you guys have been talking about it all week and she knows Mm -hmm. that it's time to get in the van and go wherever you guys are going, or it's time to, you know, Hey, pick one of these. So yeah, that little earworm during the week of like, so on Saturday, this is what's happening, you know, and they kind of get used to it as the week goes along. So they're not surprised on Saturday. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. And I think she, I, I think she is, I think she's pieced together too, that she has some pride in it. Right. Because, you know, when they sit down at school on Monday and do their council circle and talk about, you know, what did you do this weekend? She always has a tale to tell.
1: <laughs> she's got a good story. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And how about a a little bit of advice before we move on um, for a mom that kind of would want to start doing this? Like, that sounds great going. I mean, we're lucky we live near the beach, but any kind of, I mean, there's a million adventures you can have no matter where you live in the entire world. How would you suggest to kind of start? What would be like step one? I know one of your mantras is just move. So like, just get up and go. Think of something and, and do it. A little bit of spontaneity. But what would be advice for a mom that would want to start this, like, hey, on Saturday afternoon, I'm taking the kids, family, whatever, and we're going to bloom. You know, what would, can you explain how to, how to do that? How do you create that?
2: <laughs> well, I think first you got to let go of any fantasy that all of, that it's going to go well, right? <laughs> Love that. That's such I an mean, advice. Half the adventures we go on, you know, it's, there's a lot of complaining and, you know, some of them just flat out suck, right? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> but you made a memory and, you know, you, ju- you just got to keep doing it, right? I mean, the number of, you know, I used to force the boys to go hiking when they were little and they hated it. Like they would go out of their way to sabotage the hike. Like, oh, you know, the shoe is falling off every two minutes or, you know, my older ones sometimes would get lost on purpose, which is, you know, a worry in the mountains, right? Yes. Like anything he could do to sabotage it. But what's it's funny, a
1: funny is... Of thinking a little problem solving on his his part. <laughs> way to be a... Well the funny thing is is like now
2: he absolutely loves hiking. Like I called him last week and said I'm going to Death Valley during the week next week and I'm going to sleep in the van and hike and you know do whatever, see the wildflowers. Do you want to come? He's like, "Yes, I'd love to." So oh, I love that. eventually, but I would say to get started like it's like I was saying, right? It doesn't have to be grand, right? Mm-hmm. Like doesn't have to be this big, structured, thought-out, expensive undertaking, right? Like, you can go sleep in your backyard, right? Like, it'll create a beautiful... Like, put up a tent in the back garden, you know, and just ditch your phone. Don't take any devices or electronics out there and just, you know, sleep in your garden with your kid and see what happens. You know, when that. Sienna was little, like, half of our... You know, most of our camping trips started out like Malibu Creek State Park, right? Five minutes from the house. Right. Because if we needed to bail at midnight, we could just drive home. (laughs) Right. Exactly, yeah. And a lot of our camping trips are, you know, within an hour from the house, right? Because then you can maximize the time. You're not spending the whole weekend driving, you know, you just start small, and it's like Sienna went from camping in the back garden to now her favorite camping trips so when we're, like, boondocking, like, way out in the desert. I love know? that. Yeah. But you can – it can be on a small scale. It doesn't have to be extreme. You know, going to, like – you know, she likes surfing, right? So we go on yeah. surf trips, but it doesn't have to be extreme. I mean – I, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the beach and just collect seashells,
1: right? Oh, I just walk. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I feel like we're sending this out and not everybody listening lives as, you know, close to the ocean as we do. We are so lucky, you know, we're it's just down the road, but yeah, absolutely. But you could do it in a forest. You could do it in a park. You can do it in where they're mm-hmm. just, you you can... there are trails everywhere, right? Pick up some cool, see a cool rock, you know, mm-hmm. like a fairy garden when you get home, just, yeah, just start.
2: Yeah. I just feel like you can connect with your kids on another level doing outdoor stuff.
1: Yeah. And thank you. That's a perfect segue into the next question, which is to talk about what happens when those endorphins kick in. So you're mm-hmm. out on the trail with your kids, and yeah, my kid's biggest um, complaint, I'll just go back to one funny story of when they were little and we'd go on our hikes and their dad would be like, oh yeah, just 30 minutes out and back. We'll just do an hour. Never. It never was. And why we fell for it every single time of like, <laughs> okay, well, we can do an hour and then like two out, dad, what are we going to turn around? You know, the whole, the whole thing. Anyway, um. And yeah, turned out to be their best memories. So you're on the trail. You're. It usually takes, what, 15, 17 minutes, maybe 20. And those endorphins pop and they start chit-chatting. It happens every time, right? Mm-hmm. And it might be about something at school. And it might be something that they're dreaming about. And it might be a worry. And you never know where it comes from. Um, my son used to get all like philosophizing, philosophizing, <laughs> philosoph can't say the word, and also <laughs> spiritual, like, tell me the story of the Buddha's life. And I'd be like, where is this coming from? You know, and it just, so can you speak to that? Like, um, and, and then how do you handle it with when there's two? Like when you have the two boys with you, usually one's walking ahead for a little bit, but that <laughs> magic happens when those endorphins kick in and then these crazy cool conversations happen. I'm, I'm sure that's happened to you. I'm just going to assume, but I'm sure that's happened. No, to they do. I mean- I learned, um,
2: so I have a girlfriend, Megan, who's a single mom with three very active, beautiful children, but she is all about one-on-one time. And she really taught me the value of that, which is if you can carve out one-on-one time with your child to do anything, right, but even better, like in nature or, you know, accomplishing something physical or you know meeting a goal and doing it together it's like you just like you're saying you just connect with them on another level and I think what happens right is when you see your kid overcoming something like maybe they don't particularly want to do but then they kind of get into it or you know, seeing them problem-solve. Like, I'll never forget hiking with my two boys once where we came across, like, there was a coiled giant rattlesnake right in the middle of the trail, yeah. right? And it's sort of like, okay, what do we do? Do we throw a rock at it and try and get it to move? Do we poke it with a stick? Do we just go off trail and go way around it? But, like, what are the dangers of that? And it's like, I just sort of let them lead. Yes. And what happens is you find out a lot about your kid in like how they problem solve, what makes them like shut down or panic or what their tolerance for discomfort is. And I think what it does, right, is it helps you serve them and support them like when their life issues come up
0: So right? true. because you
2: know them so much better because you see them like in those moments. And yeah, to your point, like they will give up information and their thoughts, like walking (laughs) along, you know, without the distractions of video games, phones, their friends, TV, like any of these things, like they'll just, they'll give it up and you'll learn so much more about them and where their head
1: is at. Yeah. And the whole concept of there's emotion in motion, You know, I I see with that, too, where, you know, all these feelings that they've had that haven't been able to get out in whatever way is just kind of come up and out and you get to be witness to that. Mm -hmm. Right. You get to see that um, we're a big skiing family, so we ski all the time and uh, the chairlift talks. You know, so you have these moments alone where you're going down, you know, the runs and maybe you took a harder trail than you wanted to, or maybe you let them lead or whatever it was. And then you get on the chairlift and, you know, they'll be like, you know what I was thinking? And they kind of forget for a moment if you've had a hard week with them or if, you know, there's been something going on, they kind of don't care to share. Like it's, it, it takes down one of the walls that's up. You know, in the teenage years, when they go in their room and they close the door, which is totally age appropriate, they kind of, you just are there for the magic of the moment where they can just let all that stuff spill out and and you get to be witness to it. And I think that movement and being outside and all of that is is what kind of brings it up.
2: Especially with boys, right? Because it's like yes. boys are just as sensitive as girls, if not more. But they Brilliant. don't, I mean, maybe I'm generalizing, but it's like with Sienna, it's just bleh. You know, like whatever she's feeling is in your face. Yes. <laughs> but whether boys, like, it or- it's like, yeah, whether you like it or not. With boys, like with my boys, at least like they hold on to it, you know, uh-huh. and it's like it can be really hard to prize it out of them what's going on. So yeah, you got to, you got to get them on a really long walk where <laughs> Where they don't have to look at you, but they can't escape you. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. But there is such magic in that. And I just want to touch back on something you said before, which is that you do you do, do learn about your kid at that mm-hmm. point, how yeah. they problem solve, what's on their mind. And then you can gently, and you just kind of store that, you know, like berries in winter, so that when they come up against something later, you know what, you're really good at figuring out blah 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 and then you can help them to see that that's one of their their strong suits and then they can use it later so it's it's a way to see some of those like what are my kids good traits what are they what are they good at that then you can bring back in at a later later time yeah and like how do they
2: yeah like when uh you know Something like something comes at them, like a decision, you know, on the trail or in the mountain or in the ocean, whatever it is, right? It's like, yeah, what's their decision-making process? Do Mm -hmm. they make a rash decision? Do they make bad decisions? Are they very conservative in their decision-making? Do they procrastinate? Like, do they shut down because, you know, when you're moving through the hell years of middle school and high school, like you want to know where your kid's head is at.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you got to get out to, to see what that is. And a lot of those conversations don't always happen at home, you know, when they when there's normal life going around. Yeah. How have you raised three different ones with three different, um, <laughs> you know, activities that they all like to do? How did you build this kind of lifestyle in with activities? How do you choose how many activities you let them do or, you know, having two kids? How do you, how did you navigate, you know, two different activity schedules and then still having a life within that? How did that work for you?
2: I mean, I feel like I was winging it then and I'm still winging it now. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I mean, for me, like, you know, my worst nightmare is monotony, right? Which is, you know, fascinating because I've worked corporate jobs for, you know, over 20 years at this point. But like spontaneity is everything to me. Um, With the kids, I think, I mean, I've always just taken them everywhere, Right. Like when they were babies, you know, I just constantly had, you know, a baby strapped to my chest and the baby beyond and it went everywhere. And I've just never been scared of taking a baby and a toddler to the beach or taking them. You know, when we lived in Santa Barbara and the boys were little, there was always all these sort of like community events, like concerts in the park and picnics in the park. And a lot of it revolved around the beach and, you know. Tons of hiking, and I just always took them everywhere. Now, um, like for me, that wasn't scary, Um, right? But I mean, listen, when the boys were little, in those scenarios, I used to—I can remember because they both would just wander off, right? And there was two of them. It got to the point where I would tie a balloon around their wrists (laughs) and you a long string. So I could like see them when they would like wander off because they would wander off all the time. And when you got two of them and they go in different directions, it's a nightmare, right? Yeah. So there was a lot of that. Um, I mean, activities, the oldest one did a lot of team sports. Um, the younger one tended to get dragged to them a lot. Um
1: So if you have a lot of team sports, like with two, I have a good family friend, two boys, and they're on, you know, every sport, whatever the season is, they're on the sport. And so that takes up so much time. Mm -hmm. And then there's also seems to be so much like societal stuff of like, oh, well, your kid isn't signed up for, you know, a music and a sport and an art class, you know, what's the best way... Do you think again looking back, your your younger one, what, fourth grade? Is Sienna in fourth grade now?
2: is in fourth, yeah.
1: Yeah. So how do you what's the best way to kind of navigate that in terms of over scheduling them so then you don't have any time for this adventure or scheduling enough that they get to figure out what they like? There's gotta be a sweet spot in there somewhere.
2: With Sienna, I mean, I'm just kind of following her lead, right? And you've seen Love me that. do it, where you know sometimes we have to pull back because she's just so overscheduled, right? And I'm like, it's it's just too much. Like kids need downtime and chill time. Um, so you know, we'll we'll pull back and adjust if I think she's getting overwhelmed. Um, we've tried a couple of team sports. Um, it doesn't feel right for her you know and it's like it's such a huge obligation as a parent that it's like if the kids not into it then why am i knocking myself out with all these team practices you got to be here you got to be there like are you going to yeah. be the team mom are you going to do it it's just like are you going to volunteer are you going to be a ref like
1: <laughs> so it's I like it takes so much time that's that's part of my point So it's like, if your kid's not ecstatic about it, I'm
2: like, well, why am I forcing this? You know? But I mean, that said, I do think all kids need movement. Um, so, you know, if they're not a team sports kid, then you got to find something else for them to move their bodies.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so true. So if it's not on a team sport, then you're going to have to do it with them or you're going to have to figure out how to, do it in another way, because you're absolutely right. You gotta, gotta move those little bodies. Keep them going, <laughs> for
0: sure. <laughs> for
1: sure. Um, I want to touch on something quick because we both have uh, kids that are a little bit older, and I know that one of your first biggest adventures was getting on the plane. At were you not 18 or something? Mm-hmm. How did you come to America? Let's start with that. That piece of of your puzzle, which is nuts, and I love it. So how did you <laughs> get here to the States?
2: Um I had my favorite aunt and her husband were living in New York. And I went to visit them for a summer when I was 18. And it was supposed to be just like a six-week go. I just needed a reset. Like I wasn't really sure what I was doing. Um, so I was going to go for a reset and visit them for the summer. And that was 29 years ago. And I'm still I love here.
1: it. <laughs> I love it. And so the question is like, if one of your boys wanted to do that and just, you know what, I'm just going to go, I don't know, live, Somewhere else, and just have that because that that is another side of being an adventure. Like that's going up, that's seeing a mountain over there, and being like, let's go try that. Let's see what happens. How would you feel if you watched one of your boys kind of? I'm going to go do that. I mean, they they they're kind of doing it. I mean, so
2: I mean, I will say, like, I think. When I was 18, I think 18 was older than 18 is now. And I don't know if that's being raised like I was raised in England. I don't know if that's an England versus the States thing or it's just a sign of the times. But I feel like I feel like all of us were out the house at 18, you know, back then. In different
1: ways. It's the same as what you were talking about before with the generations. Like there's yeah. so much that we need to do for them now that they kind of can't do them for themselves but at the same time they should be like just talking about like you know at 18 and they're supposed to make their own doctor's appointments and pay their own doctor bills you know at 18 and you can't even call and figure out how to like little things like that where yeah when i went to college my parents were like cool here's a little bit of cash good luck with that and now it feels like if you don't help them with all these things that kind of, there's just too much. There's like more that they need to, to do now. I don't know. I don't know how yeah,
2: to explain I think it, it's but I very, think it's very like,
1: like.
2: I feel like in our generation, it was like, yeah, you leave for college and the expectations, yeah. you don't come back, right? Like you don't live at home again. Whereas now, I think it's very much the norm that like kids, they come back. Right. And I think it's beautiful. Like, I think with my boys, like, so they both, you know, went and lived somewhere else at 18. Troy hasn't come back. Jack has come back a few times. But I think it's nice that you have this home base where it's like, go out and try something. And if you need to reset or you fail, just come home just come home. Yeah. So, but I mean I think that's cute till like, you know, 25. It's probably not very <laughs> cute when you're doing that at 30, right? So, but I mean they they are doing that. Like Troy has been he's been so he does video editing for a band. He's been on the road and on tour in the US and Europe the last 2 years. Like he's 23, but he's been on tour since he was 21. Like There's a lot of times where I don't know where he is. You know, when he's touring in Europe, I don't know which country he's in. You know, and it's like. How do you feel about that? I love it. I love it because it's like the stakes are not as high as, you know, when if we went and did that when we were their age. I mean, they have phones, like, uh, you know, worst case scenario, you can. Venmo the money, like all of these things. Like it's not, I just feel like with technology, the stakes are a little lower perhaps. Um, You know, they're both gone. They're both gone backpacking with next to no money through Europe. Um, Last summer, Jack went to Germany just by himself, stayed in youth hostels and came back with a bunch of great stories. And I think all you can do, right, is like just... Trust that you've taught them. Like, all you can do is when they're kids is try and teach them good instincts and good morals. And then when they go out into the world, you just trust that they'll tap into those instincts and morals and they'll be fine. Yeah. But those you, those adventures scare me a lot less than like high school parties. Like, to me, that was more terrifying. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're speaking to something too, that's so funny of, you know, them going on adventures and being in another country and out doing something that's cool and weird and different. You know, you see all these kids and you hear all these stories and it's so true of all the depression and anxiety that's going on around. And I think a lot of that is because of the monotony Mm -hmm. because of doing what is expected because of being in this little box of be at home, on your phone, seeing what other people are doing, go to a million classes, be on a sport or in a sorority or fraternity. And, you know, the fact that Troy's 23 has been doing this since he was, you know, he took a completely left turn and is doing just something. He's out of his room. He is not on his phone seeing what other people are doing. He's created this cool, weird, different adventure. And so that does open up your mind for not being so stuck in the little box of but I'm just here. Right. Mm-hmm. And you fostered that sense of adventure from taking a hike when he was four, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you started that ball rolling of just go do something, just get out of there and do yeah. it. Yeah. And I think that's the danger of
2: social media, right. Is like what you're looking at is everyone's highlight reel, right? Like you're not seeing any of the low points, the struggles, the dark moments, You know, the hundred takes that it took someone to post a beautiful picture, you know, and then you're you're supposed to assume that that's just their natural state. Like it is just so weird to me. But, you know, even with Troy on tour, right, like they they booked this manic tour where they're going to something like, you know, 14 countries in 20 days And, you know, it's like you see one picture of it. The stories behind the scenes are, you know, the van is breaking down every two minutes. They were, you know, they were in Glasgow and people were throwing eggs at them, right? Because, you know, I don't know if it was racial or what it was, but it was just like these weird stories, right? Where it's like, it's not always ideal. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes they're roughing it, but it's all a great
1: adventure. Absolutely. And can you speak to the concept that your kids know, especially the two that are out of the house, but Sienna knows too, that you're a safe place. They know that if they need to come home or if they're having a rough time, how have you built that closeness so that they know, I mean, obviously you don't want them calling and asking for money every other day and they're in that age where they could be, but How did you build that through the years so that they know they can come to you with anything? They know that if they are at the high school party that gets out of control, they can ask you to come pick them up. Building that closeness where they know you are there for whatever Mm -hmm. they need. Yeah, I mean, I listen a
2: lot. Like when, when they are opening up to me, I think my job is to not talk. Right, Because mm-hmm. if you actually get them sharing at least with the boys, right, it's like I just listen, um, I don't really give prescriptive advice, like I hate receiving prescriptive advice, right well, here's what you need to do, right? You need right. to say this and do that. I hate that, so I'm super mindful of not doing that. I think I just like I sort of think of parenting as like the um. What's it called when you go bowling and they they put the bumpers up in the in the gutters so the ball doesn't go in the gutter?
1: I think it's literally called bumpers. Yeah, called absolutely.
2: Bumpers bowling or whatever. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm just the bumpers, right? Where it's like they're doing their thing and your job is literally just to course correct, right? Yeah. Where it's like it could be like a little nudge or I mean, listen. There's times there's times in high school where it's been like you know full-blown you know intervention and you know actually now you just lost your car for you know a month or whatever it is like there's 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 layers levels to this course correction and how much you have to do but I feel like that's all you're doing you're just bumpers right and you just let them do their thing and go out and make mistakes and you know you let them guide you and then your job is just to sort of like
1: just keep them out the gutter (laughs) But some some kids don't know that their parents are going to be there as a bumper. You know, some kids, I, I hear a lot about kids that go to college and then the moms are, oh, my kid hasn't called me in two months and I don't know how it's going. You know, and it's all that pre-work, obviously, the long game of of having these close connections and being a safe bumper that you didn't judge when they were talking to you or when they made a mm-hmm. mistake. Yeah, you course corrected, but you didn't make them feel so horrible about it that they could come to you the next time. You know, it really is the long game of, of being there for them in that non judgmental way, but at the same time being like, okay, so, so maybe don't do that next time. You know, I love you. I haven't taken away any of the other things. I might take your car away for a month because, (laughs) but I am still here. I do still love you. You know, you are not your actions always, you know, when there's like, they're the three year olds who say, you know, I love you very much, but I don't really like how you're behaving right now. You know, <laughs> there's that little like separation of it, but to be that safe space where they can come to you and not be afraid that, you know, that they're going to get a, a judgment or or that you will always be there. Your bumpers are always up no matter how old you are. I'm here yeah. for you.
2: You know? Yeah, and you can just never have judgment, right? Because the second you start judging them, um, they're going to stop sharing. They're just going to shut down. Like, you just can't. You just have to remain open. And the reality is, like, kids that are coming of age now, like, they're dealing with things that we never had to deal with, right? Like, you know, public shootings are a norm. Like, you know, th- whatever your views are on climate change, like for them, the message is it's doom and gloom, right? Like it's, it's, you know, or, you know, just social media and technology and the impact of, and, you know, it's just a different time. And how could we possibly know what the experience is to be an 18 year old today? How could we possibly know? Right? So you just can't have judgment around it.
1: Yeah. The competitiveness of, of it right now is something that I couldn't imagine. I mean, I got into college, you know, I got into a couple and not into another couple. Their dad got into USC, you know, in 1979. So you just like applied the fact that it's so difficult, you know, like we're where my daughter goes to school, I think it was like one out of every 10,000 that applied got in or something. And a 4.0 is normal these days. So, you know, wow, if you didn't have a 4.2 at your high school, you're not getting, you know what I mean? So that the competition of just because there's so many more kids, but also that layer of competition for, they feel it for jobs, but definitely for college is just the, the pressure of that is a whole nother level that yeah we didn't have to deal with it wasn't as hard you know right and then My to come out the, the to come out the other side of it
2: 4 years later right and it's like your degree is devalued versus what a degree was worth you know 20 30 years ago and if you don't have wealthy parents then you've got six figures of debt
1: so it's like like these Thank kids you very much all the, the pressure and, and getting into it. And if it, you're
2: oh in God. LA, then you're supposed to instantly go from that to paying $2,000 a month in rent. So, you know, it's tough
1: out there. <laughs> what? Like it's hard? I know. It's absolutely crazy. Um, I want to touch on something. You know, you have three kids, you have three very different kids, um, two little sections of kids. You have the, the ones you had when you were younger and then the one magic one that came along a little bit later, who (laughs) is a little fiery. She has her own opinions on things. She is one of those girls who, you know, when she was in Montessori, little teachers would come to you and say, she is magic in this way. However, you know, they, and all three of yours have, all three of anyone's have such different personalities. How do you let them be who they are again in that bowling analogy which is perfect with being the bumpers but you're not choosing their path and you're not telling them where and how to go how have you um, navigated having three kids that were all very different
2: i don't know i mean i'm really just winging
1: it nalana i swear (laughs) wicking it with love and winging it with like okay maybe you it
2: didn't go do, right is you just keep loving them through it I remember I remember once being I was in San Francisco for some work thing and there was a guy who had like two or three middle school or high school boys and I can remember him telling me man you know there's just some days where you're like huh, I don't know if this was worth it Right? Because they're just so awful. But so I'm like, so what do you do? And he's like, you just keep throwing love at them. And that's all you can do. You And it's almost like when they are at their most challenging is when you have to throw more love at them. Right? Because that's when they need you the most for whatever it is they're going through. And yeah, all my kids, uh, they're pretty willful. I think Sienna yeah, is probably the most willful, like if she, so she's my third, if she was my first, I, there might only be one because <laughs> she's, yeah, she knows what she wants, but it's like the reason why kids were in Montessori, the reason, you know, she's in a world off now, um, I like spunky kids, like. I, I don't want to raise robots. I want to raise kids that challenge everything, challenge authority, challenge the system, challenge you know the norm. Of course,
0: and so also I'd, you,
2: I'd, I'd, I don't mind I them butting up against me. I really don't because I think their ideas are fresh and interesting and right for them. Um, so I don't know. I. I like crazy kids.
1: (laughs) I love it. And I think it goes back to the judgment thing where I have no, as long as you're, you know, there, there's a list of things we need to do, right? We need to brush our teeth and eat some vegetables and go to school. And right. There's some things that like, we we can't really, that's just life um, things that you need to keep moving forward. But as long as you're doing all those things, you have an interest that is cool and weird and different, something completely different than, that what I like, awesome. Let's figure it out. Let's go that way. And that's why the, the Montessori and then the Waldorf is so perfect for Sienna because it's setting up the environment for her to bounce around and do whatever she wants to do within it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why it's so perfect. She gets, we have set up all these amazing things here, are the rules now go and be as creative and cool as you want to be within it. Yeah. And so exactly. I that was such good job for her but love them more that is such great advice just love them more (laughs) because I think I've seen and, and maybe you have an experience you can share of times where especially like you say when they get to those middle school years and then definitely in high school where they're pulling away a little bit, where they're trying to figure it out. I don't want to ask you advice because I feel like I'm old enough that I can take care of this myself. And, and you feel, you can feel a little bit of that separation where they're trying it, but you also know, I don't even know how to explain it. You know that there's something going on, right? That when they were younger, they probably would talk to you about, and you just have to send that love and that, that non-judgment out of I know they're going to come to me when they're ready and I'm just going to, yeah, just love them more so that they do come back around.
2: Yeah, that's all you can do, right, is you just hold a space of love and non-judgment. You know, you course correct if they're headed down a path which is, you know, going to have a negative impact on whatever it is. Yes. That's really all you can do is just hold that space of love and safety and judgment. And I tell them all the time, like, there's, there's nothing you can tell me that would make me love you less. Ugh, yes. The only yes. exception is I have told both my boys that if they get a tattoo on their face, like, just don't come home. <laughs> But aside from that, it's fine. It's fine.
1: It's fine. You, you set that boundary. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> and then there's also a trust component too of like, I trust you. I know you're amazing. I know you're going to choose what's right for you and you're not going to hurt anyone else in the process. And so I think there is a big trust piece in there too of, I know you're going to pick the right idea for you. Right. I know that you've got this. Yeah. And they, they have your back. Um, yeah, one thing will
2: get, they'll they'll, yeah, kids want to know that you trust them. And what a yeah. like what if, if you don't trust your kid, right? and you're controlling their every move and you're just all over them, like just constantly challenging their version of the truth, right? Like what a crappy existence. Like can you imagine that? in a marriage or a friendship or any other relationship where it's like every time you leave the house, my assumption is that you're going to be doing something you shouldn't be, or you're going to get in trouble, or you're going to make a bad decision. Like what a crappy existence, right? So I'd rather come from a place which is, you know, I trust that you're going to go out there and have beautiful experiences and do wonderful things. And hey, if it doesn't work out, then come home and we'll talk about it.
1: Right. And I'm going to cheer you on along the way. Like the one thing that, that you're sparking in my mind is, is the simple thing of a morning routine, right? I trust that you can get your own backpack and you can get your own lunch, whether I've made it or not, whatever. I like to make my kids lunches. So I always did that. And you're going to get your shoes and we're going to, right. And, and the the moms that think, well, I have to get the backpack because what if they forget the backpack and if they don't put the lunch in the right section of the backpack and oh my gosh, not only the stress that that makes for the mom to have to figure it out, but you're kind of saying to your kid, I don't trust you to do that, Mm -hmm. right? I don't trust you to put your lunch in your backpack and then when you get to school, your lunch is gonna be in there. And so that's another piece of, of letting them have a little bit of freedom within that, I trust you, go get your own backpack. You know where it is, you know you
2: need it. Right, and where's the where's the lesson that, you know, it's like so they forget their water bottle one day and they're thirsty all day at school. That's okay, yeah. there's a lesson there, right? They probably won't yeah. forget it the next day, and if they do, yeah, they'll be thirsty again. Like, it's it's funny, the boys, you know, when they first got roommates, when they left, it was astounding to both of them, just like the sheer... Mess and lack of survival instincts a lot of their roommates have where they're like, mom, they don't even know how to like do laundry. Yeah. Or like the kitchen will be disgusting because they've just literally never washed a dish or know what to do.
1: Yes. So then you think of those moms that have that have not overparented, that's the wrong word, but that have done all these things, burn themselves out because they're so busy trying to make everything look perfect or make sure that everything is, you know, the water bottle is in the backpack and perfect every day. So now you're exhausted and you've also taught your kid that there is someone who's going to show up magically and do all this stuff for them, right? And where that flip side it is such a Montessori principle too, so it cracks me up, but I trust you that if you're thirsty, you're gonna get some water, and if your clothes are dirty, you're gonna clean them, right? <laughs> and that just gives you a little bit of space to a take a deep breath for myself and then show up in a better way, but also to just cheer you on when it's done. You know, mm-hmm. hey, you remembered your water bottle today. Nice job. High five. Right. And then they get a little bit of love. They get a little bit of like pat on the back and they feel proud of themselves. And then we all go on, you know, with the happy- <laughs> <laughs> right? cool. but yeah, ways our first apartments. <laughs> yeah. Don't go in the bathroom. That's my only, just don't, don't walk in. Don't, don't go. Uh, before I keep you for too long, I love to end these little podcasts with just some grandma advice. So when your kids become parents and you get to be a grandma or anyone that's given you advice, what has been a piece of advice that really always has kind of stuck with you and that you would give out to your own kids when they become parents, like I just said, but anyone listening whose kids are are younger? Is there a couple little things or even just one that you can throw out for us?
2: God, I don't think I ever got any advice which explains why you know things were wild and crazy with the boys like I mean I had my boys at when I was 22 and 24 and I was a single mom so it's like to some degree we were all just like kids working it out together but yeah. I think like the main thing is just like just let go of perfection like whatever your version of perfection is just let it go right like what Prioritize your priorities and then sort of like whatever is not your priority, just let it go. Right. Agree. Because, like, for us, you know, for me, being able to be spontaneous and have adventures and go do cool stuff is a priority. I. I mean, you've been in my house, right? Like it is not architectural digest. So it's like, just let go, just let it go. So for me, I couldn't care less if my house is messy. Um, You know, like we, you know, my my husband and I both have good jobs. We live in a very humble home because it's like for us, our priority is spending money on adventures and other things, right? So it's like just prioritize the things when you, when you think about your kid's childhood and what you want it to be like over the long run. So just prioritize whatever like gets you to that point and just let go of all the other stuff. Cause it doesn't matter. Like your kid's not going to remember if there were dishes in the sink and if there were, you know, like, you know, if the sofa had a stain on it, they don't care. right? No. <laughs> they do not care. So I think that, and then, just parenting like you got to parent like you don't get a do-over because you don't get a do-over. And I think so many times you fall into this trap of, oh, well, I'll, I'm going to start, we'll, we'll do a camping trip. Or it would be nice to go for hikes or it would be nice to, you know, do whatever. Like you don't get a do-over.
1: No. Nope. So you
2: just got to dive in and do it and mess up and, you know have, have adventures that go horribly wrong and everyone's crying or, you know, someone gets hurt or whatever, just do it because, you just, know, they're never going to be that age again. Once it's gone, it's gone.
1: Yeah. And there's such magic in it. There's such magic in, in just going out and doing something. I think one of my kids' favorite memories is a Friday morning. We heard there was a, a dump of snow, you know, they they do those dump alerts from Mammoth and we were like, let's go. And we just booked a condo and got in the car and called in sick to school and just left. And they, to this, you know, 15 years later, were like, oh, remember when we did that? We were just spontaneous and just went. And and you're right. I'm sure the house was messy when we got home. And I have no idea. But just, you're right. Just go. I, I know I had a moment when um, my older one went to college where I kind of had this like mental list of all the things. Did I do all the things that I wanted to do with her? before she left. And I remember having that moment where I was like, I did most of them, right? And I kind of had to like, okay, so maybe I missed like one or two and they weren't big deals, but I did, I did. And so maybe even parents can think forward. Like if your kid is leaving for college today, what are the things that you would have wanted to do with them and build it in?
0: Because you're
1: right, the time goes so quickly. And when they get older, they are overscheduled. They don't have time to play with you, or have, right? And so if they don't know it's going to be fun or they've done it and you've done it before, you, you might have missed that opportunity. So it's, that is such great advice. Ugh. Okay, last question. If this podcast was a little time capsule and your kids get to watch it whenever, later, can you think of one, I'm sure you have a, many, but one really amazing perfect memory like a time where you just were like this is amazing I love this moment right here right now is there something you can recall of a time with with your kids that was just perfect
2: yeah I mean the most beautiful moment so far was Sienna are during the pandemic like peak pandemic we packed up and went to Kauai for a couple of months and I can just remember being in the ocean Surfing with Sienna at the Hanalei Pier, the, just the most beautiful place on earth, just both of us in our element, grinning from ear to ear. And it was just a moment where I'm like, how could life possibly be any greater than this moment? I mean, it was just stunning, yeah. and I'll like hold on to it for the rest of my life. So there's moments like that that just, you know, bring you to your knees because they're so beautiful. And you feel proud, like this is a gift I'm giving her, you know, she'll remember it too.
1: Hey, yes, mamas. Hope you enjoy that as much as I did. Holly is an inspiration to get out there and live your life. I just wanted to jump on quick and let you know
0: that starting on Monday... Our Monday mindsets are going to be guided meditations. So every Monday morning, very early, you will see a Monday mindset episode come up that's 15 minutes long. And for the entire month of
1: April, they're going to be guided meditations that are not just for moms, but you can listen to them with your kids in the car or at home and whatever. And so make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss any because they are really wonderful uh some of them i learned the technique when i was living over in nepal and some are from here from you know spiritual people that
0: i love to follow but they are all pg or g rated and they are all just wonderful ways to calm your nervous system and your kids and connect in a meaningful way so i hope you enjoy them if you can jump on apple podcasts and give us a review i'd really appreciate it it helps get us on the map And I love being here with all of you, so I'm hoping we can help more mamas to become a yes mama. Have a great day. Thanks, guys.